in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Peltner. In today's program I have a conversation with Ralf Fuchs, president of the Heinrich Böll Foundation and a long-time and leading member of the Green Party in Germany. So stay tuned. But first, the news. Radio Goethe Magazine. The news with Nina Paula. Düsseldorf. Germany is getting jumpy about school shootings. In three German cities, police was on high alert after receiving an internet warning about possible rampage being planned in schools. In Cologne, two students had planned an attack, one of them committed suicide after being questioned by police. Two days later in Karst, a little town in northwestern Germany, police shut a school after receiving warnings from Finnish authorities that a student may be planning a shooting there. Separately, a vocational training college in the central German city of Göttingen was evacuated after the school received a bomb threat. Police suspect that the recent alerts have something to do with the first anniversary of a school shooting in the German town of Elmstetten, where a student wounded 37 before killing himself. Köln Two German students have founded a fashion company that aims to use only ecologically and ethically sustainable business practices. That means working with suppliers who do not use child labor and who offer their employees fair wages and agreeable working hours. It also means that only pesticide-free cotton and as few chemicals as possible are used in the clothing's production. Other companies such as American Apparel, Levi's Nike and the Swedish chain H&M have discovered that eco-clothing sells. But the two students from Cologne say that their company distinguishes itself from all the rest. A portion of their profits is donated directly to charity organizations. Berlin David Lynch has bought a large property on Berlin's Teufelberg mountain. Here the Hollywood director hopes to build a university devoted to transcendental meditation. But he is in hot water after his guru chanted Invincible Germany at a lecture about the project. The guru might have been forgiven for his eccentricity. He was wearing a flowing white robe and a gold crown and described himself as the Raja, king or prince of Germany. But even in the peaceful context of transcendental meditation, an institution that promotes German invincibility is not likely to be welcomed in a nation where the horrors of Nazi rule are deeply ingrained in the collective consciousness. Berlin The butchers of Berlin are trying to protect Berliner currywurst as a local delicacy. The curried pork sausage is served on street corners in the German capital for the last 60 years. Now the butchers of Berlin are determined to protect this local dish as a brand in Germany and eventually across the European Union. They have filled an application with German patents and trademark office to have Berliner currywurst registered as a brand just like Nürnberger sausages. The fame of the dish received a boost under former Chancellor Gerhard Schröder, a self-confessed currywurst fan who was regularly cited stepping out of his limousine, striding up to a fast food stand and ordering the dish. Münster 
Petra, the black swan who fell in love with a swan-shaped paddle boat, will once again be allowed to spend the winter with her heartthrob. Petra spent last winter indoors with her big plastic boyfriend. Last year, the beautiful black swan from Münster made headlines across the world after she fell in love with a swan-shaped paddle boat. One year later, the couple is still together, with Petra having spent her summer blissfully following the boat as it was paddled around the lake. What's more, Petra is getting a brand new winterized hutch so she can spend the cold months near her oversized plastic sweetheart as well. Ralf Fuchs has been a member of the Green Party in Germany for 25 years. He co-authored the latest party program, was a senator for the Greens in Bremen and is now the president of the Heinrich Böll Foundation, a foundation close to the Green Party. Ralf Fuchs was recently in the United States to talk about the climate change. I met him before his talk in San Francisco. Mr. Fuchs, your presentation is called How to Escape the Climate Trap. Is there really still an escape? You should never give up. <laughs> um, no, of, of course, the challenge is really serious, and um, I would say it's an it's an open bet. If we succeed in avoiding um, catastrophic um, developments in, in in climate change and environmental degradation, we are already um, beyond. Um, a point where we know that the global climate will heat up, but we still have an, a chance uh, to limit it up to uh, two degrees Celsius, uh, and that would avoid the worst uh, consequences of an uh, uh, destabilized uh, global environmental system. So. Uh, but the, the window of opportunity is quite short. It's maybe uh, 10 years, 10, 12 years. We have the chance uh, for a turnaround to cut down uh, CO2 emissions uh, in the highly industrial countries down to 10 to 20 percent of the present rates, and that means a true new industrial revolution, a reinvention, a redesign of technologies, of the energy system, of the transport system, and that's a real challenge. Isn't this an undertaking that realistically can't be reached? I mean, we're talking about a change of behavior of billions of people. Uh, in principle, uh, technologies are available or are in the making to do it. I think it's uh, depending from strong uh, political commitment and f from uh, reinvesting um, billions and billions of, of dollars into green technologies. And if we could merge uh, political regulation um, with technological innovation and green investments, it is feasible. It is feasible, but it's a challenge, and um, we have started in Europe to progress, 
but it's only the first steps. But uh, I'm not so pessimistic that we uh, could speed up uh, establishing a CO2 cap-and-trade system uh, for the European Union with 27 countries and around about 400 million uh, people. And we would like to link that uh, with comparable uh, systems in the United States and in other high industrialized countries and what is going on in, in California and the Western Climate Coalition and uh, at the East Coast uh, gives some hope uh, that uh, things will go in the right, in the right direction. You say Europe is on board, there are good ideas discussed worldwide, but isn't the real challenge the industrialization of the second and third world countries? Don't you think they will see this as being kept down? Still, uh, the high industrialized countries with around about a quarter of the world population are consuming two-thirds of uh, our natural resources and we are responsible for roughly uh, two-thirds of uh, greenhouse gas uh, emissions. Uh, but it's true that uh, the emerging countries are uh, growing very fast and uh, their emissions are at the same time growing very fast. So if you want to have them on board, if you want to ha uh, if we want them to agree uh, to limit their emissions at a sustainable rate, uh, Europe, the United States, and, and Japan has to take the lead, has to go forward, and has to commit themselves for really significant uh, reductions of, of their em emissions. It depends, I would say, it depends on uh, the industrialized world uh, to create um, uh, an, an, an atmosphere, a political climate uh, to convince China, India, South Africa and the other uh, new industrial uh, powers uh, to uh, join a global agreement with uh, binding uh, targets. But You know, you know we, we, we have to have um, a common effort, but with quite differentiated obligations, because the starting point is so different. Uh, United States uh, per capita emissions are around about 20 tons CO2 per year. China still is uh, at roughly three tons. So you see, uh, there is a lot of Uh, inequality uh, in, in uh, consuming our natural resources and uh, so we have uh, to, to do uh, the first steps and we have to go forward. In the US there's still a large number of skeptics about the climate change and that it is man-made. Just listen to conservative talk radio like Rush Limbo or Michael Savage and their huge audiences. How do you want to convince them? First, my impression is that uh, guys like Limbo uh, are not taken too serious. Uh, 
and, and the public opinion is uh, changing in the United States. Um, I, I had a quite interesting experience, uh, experience uh, uh, coming to, to San Francisco Airport. I, I grasped uh, a Wall Street Journal and I discovered an extra supplement on greening the economy. Now, on the Wall Street Journal, I, I remember half a year before, they ridiculed uh, uh, the, the findings of the International Panel on, on, on Climate Change. And so I guess things are moving, and especially in the business community, things are, are moving, and in a lot of cities, and um, I learned that uh, already 42 of the population in the United States are living in states which some kind of greenhouse gas regulations. Uh, and uh, I don't mind so much in, in, in people who are denying um, uh, findings of an overwhelming majority of uh, global uh, science and and uh, the International Panel on Climate Change, you know, it's uh, representing um, a huge community of uh, high-skilled uh, scientists, and and they agree uh, that we are already um, in a process of man-made uh, climate change, and uh, that we have to change our production and consumption patterns. The discussion about climate change is nothing new. I remember there were already signs and reports about it in the 70s. Why does it take so long, in your opinion, to change people's minds? I think <coughs> for, for different reasons. First, uh, if it comes um, to uh, change your lifestyle, this takes quite a long time. And I remember very well uh, the statement of President Bush, um, the American lifestyle is not negotiable. Um, I would say, okay, uh, it's up to you. N nobody wants to, to make prescriptions uh, how uh, the American people should live, but it will be necessary to green the American lifestyle. And Uh, we will see at the end if it will be possible to uh, keep on th that kind of mobility, for instance. And um, so this is one uh, thing, uh, reason for um, ignoring uh, what we already know, uh, what we have to, to, to do, because it's inconvenient. Uh, the other thing is that uh, there are a lot of industries uh, with uh, old-fashioned uh, technologies, huge energy uh, consumption, uh, huge emissions, and for them it will be very costly uh, to transform their uh, business models, and uh, they, they risk to be um, marginalized and... and uh, Uh, to lose their markets. And so there is um, 
uh, economic interest uh, in blocking uh, the necessary change. But there are other uh, economic um, uh, factions. There are enterprises now entering the green business, and uh, they will uh, develop very uh, quickly. In recent visits by German politicians over here, it became clear that Germany tries to export its environmental-friendly technology to the US and Canada. Is Germany leading the way in green technologies and what can they offer and what can they learn from others? German today is uh, champion, uh, especially if it comes to renewable energies. Uh, that's a result of uh, legislation under the red-green uh, government, which gave an enormous uh, push to especially wind industries, but also solar, solar energy. Um, I guess that the United States have the potential to catch up. Uh, they have the, the scientific, technological, and financial resources uh, to do that, and I would happy to see a competition between uh, Germany and Western Europe and the United States uh, for uh, a sustainable, uh, sustainable uh, development. And, um, you know, it, it's not only about the environment, if we are talking about uh, climate change and the necessity um, to uh, address these, this, this challenge. It's at the same time, it's a security issue. Uh, the Americans with their extreme uh, dependency from uh, oil, uh, they are paying, you know, the, author the, the authoritarian regimes all around uh, the world with American petrodollars, you know, from, from uh, Putin and, and, and the Russian uh, state uh, to Chavez and uh, the uh, authoritarian Arab uh, oil state, Saudi Arabia, um, to Iran. So uh, if we want to become more independent from, from these very critical uh, states and, 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 and areas, uh, we have to reduce our dependency from, from oil. Um, and this will create enormous economic opportunities. Uh, instead of uh, paying the bill for, for uh, oil, we can invest that uh, in energy efficiency and uh, renewable energies uh, in Europe and in the United States that will boost our economies. A couple of weeks ago, Audi and Volkswagen hold a so-called German Tech Day in San Francisco, presenting the new and more cleaner diesel technology. How do you see the German auto industry? No, they, they are quite late in, 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 in these uh, developments. They, they missed uh, um, hybrid uh, technology in, in the car industry, which Toyota and Honda are um, adopting uh, quite successfully um, and uh, the German car makers still are hesitating uh, if they should change um, 
their um, model of modernity, you know, it's, it's still about very powerful, very comfortable, very heavy uh, machines uh, with a lot of uh, energy consumption and uh, they, they have to change their paradigm uh, of, of uh, uh, designing uh, new cars and we would like to have them much more um, decisive to, to go in a new direction. You are a member of the Green Party in Germany. You joined in 1982. Looking back 25 years, what did you imagine the world would be in 2007? Something totally different or like it is today? Hard to say because um, when we, we started, uh, we have been a radical opposition at the margins of the, the society, at the fringes of our societies. Um, and looking back, it has been an enormous uh, development. I would say uh, we changed the, the society and the society changed us. And now we are facing a uh, kind of mainstreaming of green ideas and and um, green uh, political concepts Uh, but still, um, there is a huge gap between words and action. So, and, and the Greens uh, still have to play the role of a driving force in that uh, secular uh, change we, we have to go through with our uh, societies. So, I would, uh, I, I would not have seen us, uh, for instance, in, in uh, the government. But being in government is, uh, for me, an indication uh, that our political agenda now is in the very center of uh, the political public. Of course, every party has to have an environmental program these days, even conservative parties, and that is thanks to the Greens. Green policies became mainstream. But still there were no huge changes. There's no speed limit on German autobahns. There's still the huge hunger for energy. What went wrong, Mr. Fuchs, in greening the society? I wouldn't say uh, what went wrong with green policies. Uh, if you're coming from... a um, such a minority position as uh, the, the, the Greens do, I think we made quite a relevant impact. But maybe we had been, we had, have had some illusions how quick these really fundamental changes uh, can be achieved. Uh, if we are talking about reinventing uh, uh, our economy and uh, a radical change of the lifestyle, this is not a um, finger-snapping uh, story, you see. It, you, you need uh, um, time uh, to change the minds uh, of, of uh, people And you need time to change the infrastructure of the society. So 
I still would say that uh, green politics is a success model, um, and uh, that we need a long uh, breath, you know, to to uh, follow our aims and and our um, intentions. From what I understand, the Green Party in Germany is in a difficult situation, trying to revitalize its space. How do you see the Greens today, after they were part in the German government under Chancellor Schröder, and what does the future hold for them? I don't think that uh, the future of uh, Green Party is, uh, is depending uh, from the question which kind of coalitions Uh, could we uh, enter? Um, uh, the Greens, meanwhile, are capable to uh, build a political majority not only with the Social Democrats, uh, the traditional red-green thing. Um, I'm expecting during uh, the next years uh, that there we will have... Uh, Green conservative uh, coalitions, not uh, at the federal state level, but uh, in one of or two of the, the German states. So I'm quite optimistic that uh, the Greens can 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 manage to build alliances, not only on the governmental level but on the societal. Uh, level, including parts of the business community, of uh, uh, the high tech uh, then community, um, the high skilled uh, employees, um, to redefine our um, model our, of, of, of development. Thanks for listening to Radio Goethe magazine. Please find us online at radiogoethe.org. I'm Arndt Peltner. Wir brichst das Schweiß bei jedem Wort von euch aus. Und wenn ihr